Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. Welcome back to the MWF series. This is episode number 11 and for this particular episode we're going to be talking or reviewing rather the game between Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich. The Der Klassiker or Der Klassiker, however you want to pronounce that and it's it's the biggest game I suppose in german football in german modern day football i'm pretty sure there are there are bigger derbies which uh, you know have a bigger historic significance but in modern day football in the current era these two giants whenever they face off there's always goals galore there's always controversy there's always banter and we we couldn't let that be we had to be here to cover that and to help me cover this we've got shazad who's a bayern munich supporter he's been on the podcast many times before and um glad we could have him back on here and we've got an ffs newbie in pratik who is a borussia dortmund supporter he's also part of the dortmund india group uh, which is a huge huge group the their socials i mean you can check them out on twitter on instagram everywhere so they're called the yellow wall india group huge huge as community of borussia dortmund fans in india and yeah you can go check that out and I am here to help moderate this this particular game. So guys, welcome to the podcast and let's try and rewind the clock back now 2 hours before the final whistle was blown. The buses were coming in, team sheets were announced and Pratik I want to ask you with regards to first the team sheet, any sort of surprises there and second, how are you feeling going into this game? okay so the team sheet uh, in if i want to talk in the context of team sheet i didn't find it surprised because like uh, it was known that what uh, lineup markeros used against wolfsburg i guess uh, it was almost the same lineup only difference was holland was back in starting 11 and malen was in the bench it was pretty much same lineup but yes yes the formation was changed a little bit like it was 4231 2 bellingham on the left wing but i don't i didn't find it surprising because like like if when we will talk about the game we will like see that rose made the correct decision uh, regarding that so uh, yes and uh, dortmund were pretty much confident going into this game because like irrespective of their uh, form in uh, like champions league yes. they were pretty yes <laughs> yeah we will come to that they were uh, pretty much uh, good in the league despite okay. marco rose uh, up to the point of uh, like der classical didn't have a fully fit squad yet okay. like we were like uh, yes we lost unexpectedly couple matches but still we were a point behind bayern so uh, yes the vibes were good dortmund were confident and obviously even though we had only 15000 fans it is still intimidating the way they cheer the way they make noise so yes that was the pre match vibes were good okay And Shazad, the same sort of question for you. So I first of all, uh, <clears throat> the amount of injuries that we had, uh, you know, to be honest, there were there were doubts with Leon Goretzka going in with his kneecap. So, you know, I was anticipating whether he might. There was a rumor, not a rumor actually. Nagelsmann came out and said that he might consider playing uh, Jamal Musiala. So I was curious to see what happens there. However, okay. <clears throat> you know Goretzka started and uh, there weren't really any surprises with uh, the starting lineup now to be honest with you i went into this game clearly uh, 
anticipating a loss because I haven't been too impressed with the way Bayern has been playing, uh, due in large part to their formation. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess we'll get into that a bit later, obviously, in more detail. But um, yeah, I actually had no confidence going into this game. And I thought this was, you know, and I'm not rubbing it in, but I genuinely thought this was Dortmund's best chance to kind of uh, to beat us and, you know, go on top of the table. Okay, fair enough. Now we move to the game. And like, I mean, no one wasted enough time because it was Dortmund who took the early lead, Kurtzi, Julian Brandt. And Pratik, that early goal goes in. Your thoughts when that goal goes in, in terms of, do you see it be like, okay, I mean, this is our opportunity. We can we can win this. Or too early, good goal. Great that we're leading. But, I mean, this is Bayern Munich. We need to take them out. We need to ensure that we don't concede early. Well, uh, to, uh, to be honest, actually, I was thrilled when Julian Brandt scored. Like that man uh, is in a form of his life ever since like he came back from the injury post-COVID, I guess. Uh, he missed also one or two matches after returning from COVID. And uh, the goal was beautifully created. And yes, we were happy because like, I guess, uh, with uh, the exception of being the last season, we like uh, usually performed against Bayern pretty much well, at least at home. Yes. So, yes, I was thrilled, but I was like, okay, we got the goal. We deservedly are in front. But now let's bal- let's balance in a defensive sense also. Yes, one zero okay. lead is good. Let's maintain, build on the pressure, and then score another goal if possible. So yes, that was my reaction when Grant scored. Oh, that that didn't last too long because I I don't know. I mean, okay, Shazad. Before we get to that, like, did you think as well? I mean, you already went into this thinking that this was Dortmund's best chance, and then they get the early goal. Did you go like uh, told you so? Kind of expected that, or what were your reactions for that first goal? Raddy, am I allowed to drop uh, F bombs yeah, 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 on here? Yeah, 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 of course. So, uh, so the context of me asking was, I was watching the game at a local club, a Bayern club's bar here in Toronto, and I actually had a friend from Bombay who's moved. He was also a Bayern fan. And as soon as that goal was scored by Brandt, I remember turning around, looking at him and saying, well, fuck, here we go. It's, you know, it's done. Like, these guys have already scored. And and again, I, I'll get into this into a lot more detail later. But part of my frustration also was, you know, because of formation we have and the defense that's been exposed. So I was just like, well, this is a prophecy fulfilled, you know, because all the pregame chatter, the bar as well that I was having at least was, was about that, about how vulnerable we are defensively. So this just kind of reaffirmed it. And, you know, as I said, I looked at my friend and I was like, well, this this seems like uh, this may be it. So, yeah. All right. Okay. It wasn't too long after that, that Hummels decided that he kind of maybe still had some loyalty to Bayern because I don't know what he was doing for that, what he was defending or what he was doing during that goal. But he it bounced. I think Müller had a a very good layoff. I didn't know. I don't know if he thought it was a layoff. I think he just tried to get the ball away from Hummels, then he could try and get the ball. But Lewandowski, the striker that he is, stole the ball away and decided to equalize. And Pratik, if Shazad said, "Fuck, here we go again," when Dortmund scored the opener, was that the similar sort of reaction that you had when Lewandowski scored? The equalizer. Well, 
I was like, as soon as Lewandowski collapsed, I was like, damn, story of our life. Classic Dortmund defense. Like, that's like, uh, yes, our defense has been shaky. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, in my opinion, the game was like what we could call a chess match. Like, yeah. two and fro, two and fro. Like, within seconds, we were in front. Within seconds, uh, Bayern were in front. And our defense has been inconsistent. Uh, like, despite the fact that, yes, we that's, were... That's one really fast chess match. Can I, can I add something? I'm sorry. Yes. This was one chess yes. match by two players who don't know how to play chess. That's how I felt about the game, to be honest. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I, I agree on you. Because, actually, nobody cared about defending. We both yeah. cared about attacking. Yeah. I guess. So, yes, it was pretty much like that. So, yes, I I don't know. I wasn't angry because <laughs> defense has been like that so far. I won't okay. say what happens ahead. We will see. But so far, it was like shaky. Uh, uh, yes. So, yes. So, my reaction was like that. Okay. All right. We, I mean, there are a lot of goals to talk about. But I want to talk about the second goal, which is kind of a killer because this comes just before or kind of just before halftime. Which which minute was it? I think was it the the forty forty or forty four minutes? Yeah, so one of that. So it's just it's I mean not the ideal situation. The ideal situation was to be one one at halftime, go in, you're equal, yes. come back out. Coleman's it was Coleman's goal. And f- I think for him to have that, I think as a Dortmund fan, and I want to know if you agree with this. If I was a Dortmund fan, the last person I want standing at the goal line is Guerrero, who's four foot nothing, trying to head away a bouncing delivery or bouncing shot. And I just want to know, because even even if he headed it with all his might, there was no way he was going to get it above the thing. With his height, there's no way that was <laughs> happening. I mean, that was oh. like, that's like bowling, you, like a bouncer at someone who is pretty short, knowing that they're not going to be able to reach it or do anything much with it. Yes, uh, like, uh, no, basically, yes, we, like you said, we gifted that second goal. It was unnecessary. Like, mm-hmm. also, Patrick Obamoyola mentioned in the commentary that he should have just cleared it. There was no need to be headed. I mean, yes, that's a later thing that, yes, Coman, uh, Coman t- uh, took a shot and it deflected off Hummels. But the first mistake was from Guerrero. He should have just kicked it. It would have been a normal throw-in. And then at the halftime, it had been 1-1. So, yeah, second goal was like unnecessary. We just like provided on a platter to them. Can I, can I chime in on that goal yeah, as yeah. well? Go ahead, go ahead. So, so, ironically, if you ask me, all three of our goals came up of, uh, of fuck-ups, right? Um, yeah. And of course, the biggest fuck-up being the last one, which I'm sure you'll touch upon later. But uh, I, again, I remember going into that and, you know, I sound like I'm being pessimistic about uh, this entire game, but I truly was because I just wasn't enjoying the the flow of Bayern up until this point. And <clears throat> the problem, see, the problem I have is it's, and I'm not being that arrogant, uh, but, you know, if you're a Bayern supporter, you're also thinking about the Champions League and the subsequent games in February coming up because you have qualified, to be fair. <clears throat> and yeah. what I'm not liking is the... You know, I'm looking at these games and I'm saying, well, the flow of these games, if we play like this against, let's say, your Liverpool or, you know, Chelsea or whoever, we are going to get slaughtered. So I wasn't enjoying it. And then comes this goal where it's off another fuck up. And <clears throat> I correct me if I'm wrong, but this was Rafa Guerrero trying to clear the ball. And I think he literally almost hit 
Hummels in the in the nuts, and the ball ricocheted off and reached a. Uh, Goman, and I think that's why Guerrero was trying to, you know, kind of make up for it and make whatever. Up. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just another broken play, and I thought that's, you know, that's another thing that irks me about modern football is the fact that players, sometimes defenders, just in these situations, they need to just be calm and clear the ball instead of, you know. And I think Rafa was in two yeah. minds; he didn't know if he had to pass it to Hummels or whatever. And you know, I think later in the game, while um, Dortmund was behind and I think we had 10 minutes in extra time and all of that. You saw Dortmund trying to build up from the back and almost give up the ball. And it irks the hell out of me because it's you who needs the goal. Why are you trying to have this intricate build up from the back? It just didn't make sense. And I think this was another instance where, you know, they tried to get too cute before halftime and yeah. it, it cost them. So, Yeah, I, th- I think the the, def- the perfect term is being too cute. And uh, that's the <laughs> case with a lot of these lot of teams. It's not only Dortmund. We get caught out at playing like that. City do get caught out sometimes playing like that. Where this, I guess it's at sometimes when you know you are being pressurized. The simple way is to play Route One football and hoof it up and clear clear your chances. I mean, clear the ball. That's your that's your number one job as a defender is to make sure that you don't start creating issues for your backline or give give. The opposition goal. Yes, yes. And so, yeah. One of our legendary Bayern coaches who, um, you know, he's just retired, but uh, the Tiger. So, I believe he's gone with Hansi Flick or he might be assisting him. I've kind of lost track of that uh, that story. But anyways, he, he had a good point. He said that modern day football, uh, the issue is that players are not being taught how to dribble or, you know, yeah. different ways. All the, There's an excessive focus on just passing the ball and this and that. So, yeah, I mean, this isn't surprising because, you know, if you don't practice certain situations and how to get out of them, well, you exactly. aren't prepared for it. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, you go into halftime and Prati, I want to know what, what do you think Rosa would have told his team at that point? Like, are you going in with a one-goal deficit? It's hard because you've conceded uh, out of nothing. You've conceded a, a stupid goal uh, just before halftime. So, what happens then? Okay, so like, but obviously only uh, Rose would know what he said exactly. But like, as we knew before the game, he basically uh, like, before the game also, he decided to have two meetings. One meeting specifically for Bayern. So, mm. so yes, I guess so. During the halftime, he like, he would have just said to the team that we are playing pretty much good. Just like, maybe stay calm at the back. Don't be shaky. And like, don't give uh, like... Uh, opponents the uh, chances when when like uh, like what how should i put it they are not able to create like for example if we take the match against sporting the yeah. post match comments he literally said that like it looks like it is easy to score goals against us because mm-hmm. like we are presenting up opportunities so he yeah. might have told the same thing maintain the intensity but like don't give them unnecessary chances like right. yes when they are not getting why should we like give them and like i guess it it paid off and three minutes into the second half, Oling Holland like scored a beautiful goal. I mean, that that was definitely, I think, uh, the goal of the game. I think that was, as much as I really love yes, the po- poacher instinct of Lewandowski for the first goal, I think the second one was just pure class. And I, I don't know, I think it was Upamakano who kind of missed. Yes, Upamakano didn't clear properly, I guess. And uh, Jude Billingham yeah. did a like back heel assist or so, sort no, of. I, I believe Mr. 
the usual suspect, Mr. Benji Pavard, was, uh, you know, he was just hanging around there and didn't really... He should have approached uh, Haaland with a little more aggression or changed the angle. But the dude was just, uh, you know, floating around there with uh, Mr. Upamakano, who didn't have the greatest game. Um, mm. So, yeah. Right. Great finish by Haaland, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. And it's nice to see both Leva and Haaland scoring. It's nice to see both the strikers have a good day at the office in a way. But we let, let's talk about... Let's talk about the goal and then we come to the penalty decisions and the refereeing and all that a little while later. I don't... Again, I don't know what... I mean, Hamas must have just had a rotten day or, or he just wanted to show us that he has some sort of loyalty to Bayern because I don't know what he was doing defending that corner with both <laughs> arms in front of his head. It, it didn't feel like he was pulled. He didn't feel like he was... I don't know what he was doing. It didn't feel like he was stumbling forward. I don't know what that... I don't know which part of the coaching manual they teach you to put both hands in front of your head and start trying to clear the ball that way. Uh, Pratik, try and, try and explain that for me. If like, How does one defend like that? You mean the build-up to the third goal? Like which led to the third goal, you mean to say? No, the, the fourth... I mean, Bayern's third goal. Yes, yes, Bayern's third goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, see, uh, actually, yes. Like I have seen the video like two, three times. Maybe that's what I think. I like. Uh, I might have to see it again to see whether I am right or not. But I guess uh, when they were defending the set pieces, I mean Dortmund, I guess uh, there was a like uh, unintentionally of course Muller's hand was there on Hummels. Like obviously he was also getting ready to take a shot. So and basically I guess maybe Hummels was like uh, protecting his head from Bellingham from colliding. I guess that that's what I think. The way his hand was there. No, see, the question is, it's not because whether penalty should be given or not given. But uh, it, the same courtesy should have been like uh, given to that second, uh, uh, the, the Royce case. The Royce and Lucas Hernandez case. Can I, could yes. I chime yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. My answer. I thought that penalty should not have been given. And I'll go to a certain extent and say Bayern did not even deserve the win, to be completely honest with you. Wait, wait, why uh, didn't you think the, the penalty wasn't deserved? Like, why? I mean, it's clearly hit his hand and he's... No, it, it did. It did. And I get that by the... See, by, okay, let me put it this way. By the rule book, I suppose it is a penalty, right? Yeah. I just don't like the fact that when you watch it in real time and when you play the actual sport, I mean, as you know, I think uh, uh, the, the other gentleman was right that Muller, Hummels did get shoved by Muller. He was kind of sandwiched in between. And his head, see, here's my problem. His mm-hmm. head was down. He was not watching the ball. And I get that. So I don't think it was intentional. It was just a right. consequence of the shove. And I don't see that as a penalty, plain and simple. And yes, I agree that the... You know, I get that the Dortmund fans were irked with uh, Marco Royce not getting the penalty on uh, Hernandez. I believe it was deemed an offside and something along those lines. I could be wrong. I could be getting events mixed up. But, uh, you know, there was a bit of a shove there and they didn't call it. But to be honest, even if I put that if I put that aside for a second, this in isolation itself, I personally thought should not have been called a penalty. To be very, very fair. I mean, I'll take it as a Bayern fan. I'll take the three points. But... Believe me, I wasn't very thrilled when I saw it. I mean, my first reaction was, you know, I mean, WTF, this is not in, if you, see, I'm also a believer, Pradi, and I get that, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about VAR, 
Um, yeah. And I actually read about Felix Weyer, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, yes. the official. Totally. I read his interpretation of the penalty as well. And I, I get what he was saying. So I'm not saying that this was some, you know, a lot of people have put out there that it's a grand conspiracy and all of that. But <clears throat> I think there needs to be some practical uh, practicality there as well. And practically speaking, I don't think, I believe he was sandwiched in between two players. He got shoved, his head was down. So yeah. I kind of, you know, to me, it, and listen, I also believe as an official, you have mm. to look at the context of the game and the time of this game. I just felt that it was it was way too harsh, if you ask. And that's, so, I'm a Bayern fan saying that. So Now, I, I agree with the fact that it wasn't intentional. And yes, those are sometimes too harsh to give when you don't intend, your arms are not exactly, you know, making a movement towards stopping a ball from being scored or stop or pushing the ball away from the opposition. So that way it wasn't a, a usual penalty. But unfortunately, like you mentioned, the rule of the law is it's not a, as much as he was probably trying to cover, like Pratik said, trying to avoid something. It's not a natural position of the yeah, arm. Like it it looked like he might have like collided head on with uh, Bellingham. So maybe he like avoided yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, I I guess so. So, but unfortunately, the law is such that we are taking any sort of handball, does any sort of touch on, and it's not a natural position. That's the way the game is, unfortunately, or for I mean, depending on which side of the fence you're standing on. But the Royce one, I thought was it. No, I mean, it was. It, it was. It, uh, it, it did feel like Hernandez did sort of. No, it was definitely a penalty and Zoyar even confirmed like the, there was no offside issue. He said that he thought that there was no uh, legitimate uh, too harsh contact. That's why he, I didn't give the penalty. He basically cleared and I, and I believe Pratik, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Halan post-game also said that you know he called him an arrogant prick and said that he <laughs> didn't even want to check uh, yeah. upon the players asking yeah. him. The guy literally said, oh, there's no need for me to check. And I... Again, if if the Hummels thing was given as a penalty, then this definitely... And it's, again, guys, it's really weird for me to kind of defend Dortmund here. Uh, there's no love lost. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I have to be objective and fair. I, I'm going to call it like I see it. I just thought that Dortmund got the no, shot. No, and- <laughs> no, no we, are, we are just uh, rivals. But unlike uh, not in Syria, we are not enemies. Bayern Dortmund, no, yes, we are absolutely. just on-pitch rivals. No, but I, I, I can't understand why he... Did not go to VAR or why he... Because at the end of the day, I don't know how it's... I don't know. Is it the referee who calls for the VAR or is it the VAR? I think it's the officials themselves who should say that there is something wrong. And rather than the... I mean, I I, I can imagine so Alan going to the referee and saying that, uh, you know, why don't you go to VAR? But technically, it's the VAR officials who should tell the referee that, hey, you listen, you missed it. Um, so, but the but the added fact that he actually said there's no need to do that that's a separate. I mean, that's a crazy comment so to be so made. So I believe uh, the so the additional and again I may be wrong about this, but the additional explanation given was that uh, <clears throat> I think by him that he was in a better position to view that play and the other play he wasn't in a good position, so he leaned on VAR was the explanation given. But I totally agree with you that. Uh, <clears throat> And I believe in the previous on I believe the Manchester United Arsenal game on Thursday, where they initially mm. didn't give uh, a certain goal uh, 
I forget what it was. Fred knocking into uh, De Gea knocking into Fred or something. And that yeah, was yeah, a goal. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Yes, yes. It was after a certain time that the official was told, right? By or the yeah. referee was told by the officials that you need to review this. So I don't understand for the life of me why this wasn't done here. Um, mm. And I just think again, for me, it kind of pissed me off because it also, you know, it takes away from the actual contest. And we here we are, you know, talking about refereeing decisions, which, to be honest, I hate doing. So yeah, yeah. But okay, another decision that we probably need to just quickly talk about is the Rosa sending off. Right? What what was that about? Did he contest uh, the decision? What when was that? As of now, I guess they haven't contested yet. But uh, no, no, no. But to... why was it? Because Rosa said something to the referee or something. Why, yeah, he why said he it. Send... No, he said first he complained uh, like the Royce uh, the Royce decision. He yeah. said it was a penalty. Why he didn't check with the VAR? So he then gave yellow. <laughs> and then the Hummels, yes, then the Hummels handball happened. And then he also was aggrieved. Then what the hell is this and all? He, he sent he sent him off. And Rene Marik literally lifted him up from behind and put him in the technical area. Just calm down, calm down. Like it was like, looked like a bar fight. Like Rene Marik literally lifting him off the ground and you go there, man. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I thought that was the most amazing visual of the game. His, uh, yeah. I sorry, I Pratik. I don't know who that coach or whoever was, but he was lifting yeah. uh, Marco Rosa off. You know, and Marco Rosa was heated. He almost like he just pushed, shoved that guy off of him as well. He was like, "What the hell are you doing?" But yeah. I yeah, commend yeah. Marco Rosa for not going on the pitch and literally punching the officials at that point. And keep in mind, I just wanted to add something else. Yeah. This game had a lot of hype to it, and the Bundesliga obviously is trying to market itself better in the US and all of that. And you know, you had an, an ad for it uh, on Times Square, the Der Klassiker on ESPN yeah. and all. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was on Twitter. It was posted on Twitter. And what what irked me was, you know, this definitely. Uh, I'm sure, obviously, this doesn't really affect the viewership or whatever. But it's definitely not a good look for the game when you know you have your first pick, the classic, or maybe it's the second. I I can't recall if it was on ESPN last year. But you know you have it in a major market on a, a national audience in the US and North America and all of that. And then this happens. It's definitely you know I, I uh, yeah that kind yeah. of hurts me as well. That it's it's not yeah. a good look for the game or the league. Yeah. See yeah. the thing is, as a Dortmund fan, I would I I believe that. If we would have lost, suppose without the refereeing uh, controversies and all, then yes, we should have discussed. Yes, we lost by gifting those two unnecessary individual goals and all. But in the end, like the refereeing was too harsh on us. Maybe yeah. we we deserve to get at least a point. We were sure of that before that penalty. If not win, we were sure of getting a draw. We were that well, confident. Dortmund also didn't capitalize on a. A lot of its chances that you chances. guys got. So there is, yes, there yes. is a bit yeah. to be fair. But uh, yeah, eventually I, I also thought that the fair result for this game should have been a draw and points uh, shared. Okay. Now, let's talk about the consequences of the game. So, obviously, going into this, you were, what, a, a point, I mean, Shaza, uh, like, Bayern was a point ahead. But this three points that you've managed to grab against Dortmund, how... Crucial is it because you've had some surprising losses in the season, and I I can foresee that this probably won't be like the it won't be a rare instance that you will probably lose a couple of points to some of the other teams in the Bundesliga throughout the season as Nagelsmann starts tampering and tinkering with the squad a little more. Uh, but this game, how crucial is it in that title challenge or whatever the title run that you're going for? See, you can never 
not call a win against Dortmund crucial. The three points, yeah. have, I mean, it's always led for us to, you know, win the Bundesliga in a way. However, I will say this season is a bit different. The vibe's a bit different there, and there are multiple reasons for it. A, because, you know, if you look at our games coming up before the winter break, we're playing Barcelona in the Champions League, which I know, you know, a lot of the Twitterati uh, or FD, as you call it, is, is taking it very lightly. But I don't, I, I don't foresee that being an easy contest. Secondly, keeping aside the Champions League, if you look at the Bundesliga, I believe we are playing Mainz and we're playing Wolfsburg. I'm not sure about the home and away equation, but either way, I'm sure it's a split. Um, now, the problem is, so first of all, Mainz, I believe, just beat Wolfsburg again yesterday or, you know, again, I could be getting the teams mixed up. But, you know, Mainz is not an easy team to, uh, Bayern has found them a bit difficult in the recent past. And Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg, they're, they're inconsistent, but you never know when they turn up against the Bayern. So, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I, um, I think you're you're playing both of them at home, but you've got a Stuttgart uh, away game in between that. So yeah. Okay, okay, I may have missed that. Now the problem, the fundamental problem I have in not being comfortable with this four point lead is I believe the style of play that we've had has been absolute garbage, absolute garbage, and I've been very vocal about it on Twitter yeah. as well. And the idea, see, here's here's my problem. Um, and this goes back to a conversation I've had with uh, Mr. Warrior Basti, who's also a frequent visitor on your podcast. But yeah. essentially, I think he put this in a very eloquent way. He said that, you know, Bayern is trying to unlock a problem that isn't there. And this goes <laughs> back to our Hansi Flick days when we were playing very direct football. And, you know, I may make a statement on here that might be a bit controversial. A lot of people on Twitter might disagree with this. Um, and I really could care less if they do. But <laughs> there was a misnotion or... A <clears throat> You know, I think there's a false narrative out there that under Hansi Flick, we were defensively unstable. And I look, I get where this is coming from because we did give up yeah. a lot of goals last season. But if you really look at Hansi's tenure, when we needed to clamp down and win the big game, we won them, you know, with a margin of one nothing. So I can tell you three games off the top of my head. So I remember the game against Dortmund post-COVID, against Leipzig post the international break, which won us the league uh, two seasons ago, last season. And we also beat PSG in the return leg one nothing, which wasn't an easy feat because we were missing Lewandowski and, and Gnabry. So, yeah, yeah. So there, no, no, I'm not talking about the final. Sorry, that no, no. that is where I'm talking about last season's return leg, right? And I mentioned ah, right. that yeah, yeah. there yeah, is yeah. a misnotion out there that oh, we were defensively messed up. Yes, we gave up a lot of goals, but you have to look at the context of each game. Now, yeah. the problem I have with this narrative is because <clears throat> this was then kind of propagated for, you know, uh, a Julian Nagelsmann or Julian Nagelsmann coming in. And, you know, I remember Brazo, uh, our boarding director or whatever designation he holds now, coming in and saying that, oh, <clears throat> you know, we need tactical fluidity. And when yeah. I read that statement, I kind of just, you know, I kind of cringed because I said, well, you know, I mean, Nagelsmann is a great manager, don't get me wrong. And I want him to succeed at Bayern. He's a great young German manager. You know, all of that is great. But I just kind of cringed because I sensed that, you know, why why uh, try and fix something that really isn't broken? And that's what I, I think initially he kind of played a similar system to last season. But slowly mm -hmm. I've seen them evolving into what is this weird three-man backline. And, you know, I, I kind of get that people like, uh, you know, talking, uh, well, uh, you know, ill talking about, uh, they, they like shit talking about uh, Upamakano and Pavard and rightfully so. But I also feel like a lot of these issues are stemming from the formation and the system that we play. Right. Okay. Uh, fair enough. And uh, we'll definitely have to look into that a little more closer. But Prateek, let's talk about Dortmund. 
an opportunity missed of course because yes bayern are now four points clear but given the talk of you know you you mentioned earlier on that you know despite what's happening in the champions league but let's talk about it. so whatever's happening in the champions league is happened you're out of the champions league i think you're in europa whatever yeah uh, they have to play a qualifier for that also due to the new conference even better <laughs> yeah, great so but but that the fact that you're not in the champions league maybe you've got the europa that you want to focus on but does that sort of help you focus more on the league because bayern are definitely going to have champions league games the tougher games going into round of 16 and all of that and so do you think that you should try and capital you've not the problem with dortmund they've not been able to capitalize when bayern have kind of made their mistakes over the past yes, few seasons in the recent seasons yes exactly okay, so, so uh, this can this be a change that you know you've seen bayern drop points in, in the league um they're going to have a even more tougher fixture list once the once january comes around and once uh, you know champions league the next sort of round of fixtures get around so all of that being said okay so uh, yes uh, one thing i concluded was positive from the yesterday's game despite defeat that we played excellently with uh, like uh, the with a winning kind of mentality and we look like we are definitely gunning for the title but there is a mis- misconception specifically among the outsiders like those who don't follow bundesliga that bayern versus dortmund usually de- uh, decide the games no it's not it not at least the first round it is not decided no matter what the result is it when you play games against mainz kolon like when wedder bremen was there let's say wedder bremen hertha berlin away those games uh, decide the league i am telling from a perspective of a dortmund fan because yeah. we have slipped up points against them and exactly. i can give a recent example of lucien favre we were 9 points clear in the winter break but then we slipped up not in the dfb pokal but also against hertha frankfurt freiburg freiburg are yeah. our sort of bogey team we already lost against them so we have to win those games because the reason uh, bayern win those bundesliga because they win those uh, games which they are expected to win or they are exactly. favorites to win yeah. and we unnecessarily drop points like it like even yes. in the premier league and in even, even in the big leagues right the number of big teams are so fewer compared to the number of small teams so if you manage to beat the smaller teams and then sort of get decent results with the big teams you're guaranteed to at least i'm not saying win the title but you guaranteed to at least challenge for it yes so yeah, if you fo- to arsenal or tottenham fans because that's all they i mean that's what they hope for that's what they hope for but at no, least so- decent i when i say i say decent results against the big teams i didn't mean like 4-0 thrashings and 3-0 thrashings and all no result wise yeah, see uh, result wise uh, we are basically suffering the same problem which like klopp at liverpool used to uh, face uh, like uh, during his first two seasons i guess they also yeah. used to lose against uh, smaller teams in february and all yeah yeah and then they eventually improved so mm-hmm. we have to win against those teams and you happy are, you happy with troza with the job that he's doing so far oh, we are definitely happy like okay. i can give you the example of leipzig they had almost a fully fit squad almost every match and like their manager is sacked jesse marsh is sacked and is he Rose, sacked i thought he's rumored yes, to be yes. sacked He sacked, he sacked, he sacked, and well, uh, assist, his assistant will be interim manager. No, sorry, I just wanted to make a funny quip. Not only is he sacked, but now Manchester United fans are hoping that 
he's hired on as an assistant to Ralph Ragnick and he can take <laughs> over the squad next season which i kind of hope yeah. for because that would extend the misery if you ask me but i mean anyways, Ragnick i mean uh, Ragnick's anyway not going to stay he's already signed a thing to be a like as a consultant or advisor no, so that's, that's what i mean that united oh, fans want him to be an assistant to Ragnick this season so he can take over next season i for one would like to see that because yeah. i don't see that ending too well so yeah even i don't but anyway yeah, yeah so Yes, so Marco Rose, despite our three, four players being injured, he managed to like, like, uh, t- like he managed to uh, like take us to this point. Yep. Yes, he didn't uh, get to play his favorite pressing tactic fully yet, but I guess our players are coming back. Reina will come back, I guess, next year or in the maybe last one or two matches before the winter break. So yes, we are getting there. And Marco Rose, I would say. i'm not comparing him to klop but he is giving those klop like vibes in the dressing room he is okay. cheerful is animated fans are happy with him yeah i mean and he's definitely leave i mean he's sort of being missed at gladbach where they're suffering quite a bit they got thrashed today by freiburg yeah they are 6-0 by goals in 25 minutes can i pradi can i add something to yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead he was saying about dortmund because i i do i mean listen they're rivals but you know i do admire dortmund as a club as well i personally feel that first of all marco rosa has done a good job a very solid job and the other thing i would also say is that this is an entirely his squad right like he's inheriting yeah. a squad from you know essentially lucien favre who i absolutely detested i thought the man <laughs> was a fraud um a good, good manager i i know i'm exaggerating a bit but <clears throat> i think in the key moments he like he wasn't a championship winning you know manager that dortmund should be looking for now having said that i also feel like part of the reason why dortmund has suffered is uh, you know i think pratik made a good point earlier right that uh, both the defenses in this game were terrible and i think part of the reason is there's a lack of a pressing game in the midfield now with us it's weird because obviously we've missed kimish and honestly yeah. uh, that's another problem with nagelsmann for uh, nagelsmann's formation is that a style of play is that i've seen a lack of pressing or it's totally disappeared from the hansi flick days but i see the same thing with dortmund and that's why you have this huge vacuum in the midfield that results in pressure on the defense on akanji and hummels and you know and hummels is obviously much older so not the paciest of defenders anyways the point i'm making is that i think marco rosa should be given an extended period of time and i think you know listen i i i wish halan stays in the bundesliga but i don't see that happening yeah. i think this might be the season or post the season where they should move on from him because his injuries or whatever has been going on with his um, you know squad muscle or whatever and his his uh, potential sales i think they might have been a bit of a distraction for dortmund during this champions league run so i feel like you know and and here's the thing right under normal circumstances i would say uh, you know and by normal circumstances i mean pre covid times yeah i'd say that dortmund could perhaps you know kind of just sacrifice the europa league and focus on winning the bundesliga but i feel like they need all the revenue they could potentially revenue. get so all of a sudden the europa becomes additionally important and true, true. i i feel like you know what take this season of course you still you know if i'm marco royce i'm pissed off and if i'm marco rosa i'm pissed off as well and all of that and you still want to beat bayern and win the league but i would also kind of look at a pseudo rebuild i would try and focus more on a jude bellingham etc and you know all the younger talent that you have and look at this as a pseudo rebuild and come back stronger for next season would be you know if i were a dortmund fan that what i would be uh, kind of looking at right awesome All right so i yes. guess that all the time I, uh, though okay yes. go ahead yes, go uh, ahead. yes i actually agree on what shazad said yes like our sustainable model is like that 
that like eventually at some point if not next year maybe there's a talk going on that we sh- uh, like that we should persuade him to leave for one more year maybe yeah. let him go 2023 like in sancho's way i guess he signed a one year extension and then he left a year later yes but uh, yes so and we should uh, like yes bring a uh, built a team around like four five players which will potentially stay for longer like which looks like jude bellingham he is loving it he is feeling it at home and rgio rena he will be also staying here for a while i don't see him going anywhere in the next at least 2 3 years and yes so we should build a co- uh, like a uh, around a uh, team around four five players mm-hmm. and yes in the holland's absence we bearing the champions league we have managed to garner some wins if not convincingly but we grinded towards them so yes it was also a test for us that how we perform with, even without holland and uh, oh, thankfully yeah. uh, melan grab found his form at the right time so let's hope to see he build, keeps on builders uh, he keeps on uh, maintaining that form great awesome all right so i guess we have to call it a time out and that's about it for this particular episode so thank you shahzad and pratik for coming on to this podcast thank giving you. your thoughts on this very very exciting thriller of a der classica uh, hopefully we have more such games and i can't wait to host you in the near future whether it be for similar such podcasts or on our longer podcasts or a watch along as well whether it be for dortmund or for uh, bayern munich so thank you and i can't wait thank to host you, you for it the was a good first, as well it was a good first experience yes and <laughs> yes i'm proud to be a bundesliga fan <laughs> yes okay. we talk thank like you. not like enemies thank or you. ultras in the serie <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's always. Uh, I think Pradi's uh, podcasts are always fun to be on. So thanks for having us, Pradi. And I know Julian Nagelsmann listens to your podcasts. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, I just want to send a, a message to him that listen, buddy, just uh, get your formation right and fix this. Otherwise, it's not going to end up well for you and Bayern. So you know, yeah. I wish him all the success. But uh, that's going to be one storyline. If you're watching Bayern games as a fan or a, as a neutral observer, just keep an eye out for that because um, you know I know a lot of people have talked about Kimish. not being there but kimish was struggling early in the season too so just keep an eye out for the formation and how it plays out all right yeah great i mean i yeah i i know that he listens to the that's the only one person that listens from the bayern from the munich area <laughs> as about to say leipzig then i realized that he's no longer there but yeah from the munich you area like the, should, uh, i think you should uh, tag him when you post this uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this podcast so <laughs> yeah it definitely Awesome. So thanks guys and thank you to those of you listening to this podcast whether you're listening to this on the audio podcast then you can go check out our previous episodes on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. You name it we're probably there. And if you're watching this on the YouTube channel so that means you're a member. So go uh, get your friends to check out uh, the membership program that we have or a patron program. We've got different tiers with different benefits. This video version is only available for members. Uh, so go check that out there you can uh, different benefits we got different tiers this is available for all members as well and i'll catch you all on the next episode of the mwf but until then i'm your host pradi once again you stay safe and see you